How's it going? This is Brad Williams with Over 40 Fitness Hacks, a podcast where I help you being over 40 to fight the aging process without giving up your social life. This is part three of three with an interview I did with fellow personal trainer Alicia Jones, who specializes in women's health over 50. We go into how hormones affect women going through post-pre-menopause, and she came across something that I didn't even know as a personal trainer that I should have been doing the whole time. So if you're interested, stay tuned. If you'd like to catch up, go back one episode. So Lisa, let's let's talk more about kind of how hormones play in the part of what type of workouts you should do, male versus female. I know you kind of wanted to gear it more towards females, but what are your thoughts on that? I've never heard of that kind of style of approach. Well, this is actually interesting because you're a male trainer, right? Mm-hmm. So this is going to be an interesting conversation because one of the issues I'll say is that I've had clients that have come to me with a male trainer that is going through menopause or perimenopause and the trainer is giving the same exact workout to the husband as the wife for Mm -hmm. example but the thing is is there are a lot of shifts and differences with women and with their hormones and that really needs to be addressed so if you're a trainer out there listening right now and you're a man giving a woman and a man, the exact same workout, especially during her perimenopause or menopausal years, uh, it is something really important to shift what you're doing. So one of the main hormones that shifts with age is cortisol. So, Mm -hmm. and women are affected to a much greater degree than men, which is why you kind of hear like women feel stressed out maybe a little bit more or they're, I don't want to gender, I feel bad saying that, but in a lot of instances, men are more even keel. And women have hormone shifts that at certain times they are feeling really stressed out. They're more prone to anxiety and depression. Not to mention that during midlife and beyond, women are still in the role of taking care of the family, working full time, trying to do it all. And so the cortisol levels tend to shift a lot for women. They also shift because as estrogen levels decline, your adrenals, which is the area where you're producing cortisol, they are trying to help create a balance with estrogen. And so as they try and create this balance with estrogen, well, the cortisol levels go out of whack. And so Mm -hmm. they're stressed out a lot more. So doing long bouts of cardio is not beneficial. And with the weight training, you want to be careful doing cardio at night if you're a woman, because what you're doing is you're elevating your cortisol levels and disrupting your natural cortisol cycle at night. And then you're supposed to be going to sleep when melatonin is supposed to rise and cortisol drops. Yep. So if you do weight training instead at night and you're a woman that is, that's going through issues with cortisol, that is highly beneficial. Actually, if you're a man that's having issues with cortisol, it's not like no man can have issues with stress or high cortisol or shifted cycles of cortisol. So if you are either going through this issue, don't do cardio at night, do weight training at night. You can do your cardio in the morning when your cortisol levels are naturally supposed to be at their highest. So you can feed off of that by doing something that is going to utilize that cortisol. Hmm. So that's one of the big shifts. So that's just because during cardio, cortisol just is such more highly produced in the body than weight training because weight training still produces cortisol just from the stress on the body. But you're just saying it's nothing compared to doing long bouts of cardio long bouts of cardio i want to say so we're talking about 45 minutes or longer if you're what normally someone would do for a cardio sessions exactly and when you're talking about weight training like i don't know about you but i'll especially if you're lifting heavy if you're going through a heavy phase cycle you lift heavy it's hard but you take off anywhere from depending on what you're exact weight training program is, 
you could take off anywhere from 30 seconds to 90 seconds even in between in order for your glucose, your glycogen stores to replenish. And then you go again so you can lift just as heavy or trying to lift just as heavy, right? So you have these breaks. You're not just staying at this steady state elevated cardio for 45 minutes or longer. You have periods where you're almost in like a high intensity interval zone. You're mm -hmm. lifting yourself up and then you're taking yourself down. And that has a very different effect on your cortisol and the breakdown actually of your lean mass than if you were to not have the breaks in between. Gotcha. And just sticking with more of the females going through menopause and the other one you were mentioning, as far yeah. as a trainer training them, what else just focus on the weight training? What else should they be focusing on that with them? Is it just doing weight training lightly, especially if it's at night and giving them longer breaks in between just to really affect that cortisol? Is there any other style training they should be worried about doing or not doing with them? So I want to make sure that I'm not, I'm saying that it's not necessarily that you're doing lighter weights at night or lighter weights when you're going through menopause, because cycling yourself is actually very important because women are also affected by drops in testosterone. And this is a big deal during menopause. The libido goes down. Men go through this in pause, right? Like that mm -hmm. when their testosterone levels go down. And as you probably know um, from training both, when you lift very heavy weights, something that feels doable still, I just, I don't want to say injury or anything else like that, but when you're lifting heavier, you actually can enhance your testosterone levels, right? That's okay. the whole goal is to get yourself to a higher testosterone level. Women need to lift heavy. We need to be able to elevate that, that testosterone level that drops dramatically for many women going through menopause. So it, you want to make sure that you're still lifting heavy. So cortisol is a big one that shifts. We know that estrogen levels decline, right? Mm -hmm. What happens most with estrogen level declines and exercise, you need to be doing both cardio and weight training, but you need to focus your cardio on high intensity interval training, mostly because what ends up happening is estrogen levels drop. You, you, the weight starts to go from your hips and your thighs into your stomach. And as you probably already know, visceral fat, Belly fat, this is an area that one is very hard to lose. So if you're doing it for vanity, you want to have a smaller waistline. It's really hard to lose. It's also what creates type 2 diabetes, cardiovascular disease. And one of best ways to target the visceral fat is through high intensity interval training. It really targets that fat because that fat there is one of the easiest for your body to utilize in that fight or flight. Your body needs the energy. And so high intensity interval training is something that you want to focus in on. If you are feeling like the estrogen levels are dropping, you're having somebody that's telling you they're going through menopause specifically because the estrogen levels are dropping or post-menopause because the estrogen levels are already at their all-time low. If they're going through perimenopause, which means that they're still getting a lot of fluctuations in their hormones, it means they're still getting their cycle, which is a big thing. If you've hit menopause, menopause is actually only one day, one second in a day. It's your one year anniversary of no longer having your menstrual cycle. Mm -hmm. That's what menopause is. Then your estrogen levels are really low. Your progesterone tends to be low as well. That is menopause. Postmenopause is when you're smooth sailing, you're completely on the other side. You've hit that one year anniversary of your menstrual cycle. It's the very next day. Like it's the next second, basically, after that one year anniversary. That's it. You're in postmenopause. But perimenopause is one of these areas where everything is fluctuating. And mm -hmm. so if you are coaching people that are going through perimenopause, 
You're going to tend to have people that one day they are exhausted. This is a progesterone low the next day or a progesterone to estrogen imbalance. The next day they could be feeling really stressed out. Maybe their cortisol is high. There's a whole bunch of shifts that are happening within the hormones. And when you are coaching someone like that, it's so important to listen to what's been going on with them what their sleep pattern has been like, because sleep highly affects hormones as well. And I've had clients that have had hot flashes, which by the way, if you're having a hot flash, you can still exercise the same. Like you don't, it's not like- You don't you need to quit. Stop. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> There's a lot of people that think, well, I'm going through a hot flash right now. I guess I've done the exercise. No, like if you need to ease back a bit, that's fine. But you want to make sure that you're still continuing the exercise that's going to help you balance your hormones in the long run. Yeah, I know just for some people listening, and probably more specifically females thinking of like high intensity interval training, they're like, oh my God, that's, I can't do that stuff. That's what I see all the CrossFitters doing and all that. No, I, it's just a style of training with cardio where you just go all, all out in short bursts and all out for you is different than what's all out for what you're seeing on TV in the CrossFit games. It's only going at your pace. Don't worry. It's just, you know, it's just doing what you can at a certain time and then taking your break and then going back to it. I love that you mentioned that. Also, you mentioned taking the stairs instead of using the elevator. For anyone that's running to catch their go train or their, their subway, like you've run up a flight of stairs or you've run for that subway, that is high intensity interval training because you slowly brought your heart rate, sorry, went up fast and then you brought it down. So that's high intensity interval. If there's a hill on your walk and you go up, it, guess what? You probably did high intensity interval training, especially if you're just getting started. You don't need to go to a point where you're, you're lifting so heavy that your form goes if it's weight training or that you're doing something so hard that you feel like your heart's going to explode out of your chest. You're just getting yourself to a pace where you feel really out of breath for a couple seconds even. Yeah. And then you get your break. That's it. That's it. Yeah. I try to, when I have some older clients coming to my gym, I try just to not even call it a high intensity or high interval training. <laughs> I just do it and tell them what we're going to be doing and they're fine with it. It's only when they hear those key words and if they've heard about it, they're like, oh, no, I can't do that. They get scared. I just stopped telling them what it is. I'm so glad that you mentioned that, too, because people are terrified. of. And it's so funny because I went to a presentation of a, with a cardiac specialist, a medical doctor, and he was talking about how after everyone had gotten heart surgery, they had to walk from one chair over to another chair just at the other side of the room. And that for that person was high intensity interval training. Because of course, like you've just been through surgery, your heart's going to go up high, but then it comes down low. So depending on your conditioning, depending on what's going on, it could be as simple as walking from one chair to another. There you go. And yeah, if you really want to make it effective, get one of the little watches so you can see your heart rate go up to know that you are doing interval training, high interval training. So yeah, and I love that you mentioned that too, because I think it's beneficial anyways, just because I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm not sure if I'm in the zone. Like sometimes yeah. I'm thinking to myself, oh, I could push myself harder or do more. And then I look and I'm like, whoa, okay, calm down. Or it's the reverse, right? And I'm like, oh, I'm killing myself today. This is so hard. And I look and I'm like, it's actually not doing uh, uh, much. If you get good at it, you can do the pulse check and just know what 130 feels like and what's 100, what's 80. But yeah, it's just easier to, they're cheap. Just get a little watch. Exactly. And well, I like the watch because I have with my clients, I have tried to do the heart rate with them. And remember, I'm I'm all online. So I'm like, find your pulse on your neck or find your pulse on your wrist. And they're like, I can't find my pulse. I guess I'm dead. 
but yeah. you, I'm like, you're still alive if you're talking to me. But if they have the watch, they can see the number yeah. and then that way it's easier. Just, I'm not a big fan of using Fitbits or Apple watches. I hope I can say that on your podcast yeah. without yeah, ruining absolutely. their reputation. But yeah, like it's because there's a lag time with them. I use the Polar. It's a strap that goes around the chest. Yeah, I've used that. Yeah, I love that one. It's very accurate and really quick reading as opposed to trying to tap on your watch and then you're slowing yourself down to try. Yeah, to while it. you're trying to work out. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I got it. Very cool. cool. Well, so Alicia, what is the best place for my audience to get a hold of you if they're interested? And I assume social media handles, website. What about your online program as well? Yeah, so the easiest way to get a hold of me is, well, if you take a look at my website, it's aliciajoneshealthyliving.com and... Over 50 Fit and Fabulous is my signature program. I can give you the link to the wait list if you'd like to have that. Right now, it's not open. We only open a couple of times a year. And then our next open from now is in a couple of months. So stay tuned for that. Okay, great. And if you want to send me that link, I'll put it in the show notes. But my audience always knows I'll put all this, tag it in the show notes, your website, your email, and then this program if you give me a link. And yeah, Alicia, it's been great been talking to you. And thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. If you'd like a little bit of help of checking out your diet and your current routine, I'd be happy to help. I always do a free 15-minute Zoom consultation for anyone, no strings attached, just to see if I can help you point you in the right direction. So if you're interested, check out the show notes. The link is at the top. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, everyone. And I just wanted to say that if if anything from this episode resonated with you and you, it makes you think of somebody, please share and help someone out. You know, I do a lot of variety of topics and not everything I say works for everyone, but there is going to be that one episode that makes you think of somebody that could help. So I really appreciate it. And just off of looking back the last three years of all the episodes I've done, I think three really stand out that I think could help a lot of people. And that's uh, episode 71 with Dr. Amy, where we go into diaphragmatic breathing and how that can really help with your pain levels and did for me. Episode 195, I had Tim Kelly on and we really dove deep into microminerals and how important that is and how horrible the American diet is. And the third being uh, episode 292, a more recent one, where I talk about the three tips I would do to help out your lower back. And one of those is just a simple YouTube video that my chiropractor gave me that just took me to the next step of lowering my pain, giving me more range of motion. And I just want to put that out there to Check those out if you're having any of these issues. And like I said, thanks for listening.